right, this is the Psychotic Strength Podcast. This is Tyler Toby Townsend. And Michael Standard. So uh, today is, well, the date is the 18th of September. Sorry we haven't been on here for a little while, but um, yeah, we got Michael today. So we're going to go over gym update real quick. Um, gym for me has been going really well. Uh, I've also included back in uh, kickboxing again for the past two weeks, and I'm going to be coaching strength at Forge Combat and Strength um, starting in October, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So pretty excited about that. I'm pretty excited to do that at all. That's great. Um, so what are you doing to keep so yourself I, you know, sexy? So I had a client, uh, well, tell you a little bit about myself. I, I don't like wearing masks in the gym right. it really inhibits my oxygen. So I found a client of mine, her husband, who had passed away, had a whole bunch of free weights, two racks, plus a bunch of plates. No Smith machine, but two benches and a huge um, leg press rack. And so I uh, purchased those from her, gave some to my son. So I have a whole bunch of free weights at home. And my objective, since I'm about 25 years older than you, is just to stay fit. Uh, bulk, no. Fat, no. You know, just to try to stay fit yeah. and not not uh, overexert myself because I find if I overexert myself, push too hard, my recovery times two or three days or a chiropractor or a massage therapist or something because they, they don't work like they used to. The legs, the backs, they just don't work like they used to when I was your age. Well, I'm seeing that even at 32, man. I mean, I've been putting my body through a lot of stress in the past like almost 10 years now. You push and pull heavy. Right. So, I mean, it's it's catching up. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, getting out of bed even is not fun for me. Yep. I don't know. I know. I had a I had a great round of about two years of Rolf um, massage therapy where they go and beat up every tissue you have with their thumbs and elbows. And then your body would regenerate it with, with water, the right liquids. And eventually those muscles would start to work correctly. But still, you have the balancing issue of, you know, one left side's pulling too much on the right side and your back starts to hurt. Sacrum issues, but so I try to keep it going. I, I do, um, basically I'll do chest one day, you know, about three different, four different exercises for my chest with free weights. I will do um, my shoulders and biceps and triceps one day. I don't push my shoulders too hard. Right. Because I get a, there's a lot of irritation. The tendons don't always stay in the groove, so then you feel like your sore sacks. They're always hard. Yeah. They, like, I find my right shoulder always gets hurt, and then once that one hurts, once I'm kind of uh, overcompensating with the other side, and then, then my left hurts. Mm-hmm. One of them always hurts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's frustrating. Shoulders are kind of important. Yeah, that's what I hear. You got, you got things to do with them, right? Right. And uh, the other thing, then, of course, I'll do my um, back. And that's easier because I've got a lap machine. And so even this morning I did my pulls and uh, didn't blow myself up. I feel good. And then my part of my routine is between those three different days, I'll do a break and do a 15 to 20 minute yoga, concentrating on stretching and getting mobility in my hips. It's okay. funny how, you know, you can, you can be flexible in one area but not flexible in the other. Yeah. Like my hips sitting uh, Indian style, not possible. Can't do it. My hips okay. won't won't do it. But I can bend over forward and touch my toes easily, right? right? Yeah. So the hamstrings are, are loose, but the hips are... Whew. So that's that's been very helpful, I think. 
in the whole process because I, I haven't hurt myself. I've been staying healthy. I do push pretty heavy weights and lift pretty heavy weights for who I am. And the other thing is at the end of those routines, I'll go take a 15-minute sauna. The sauna, man. Yeah, oh my gosh, the detox. Yeah, the I detox. love the sauna. And that really, I think that's helped, you know, with all this, all this flu bugs going around and everybody getting sick. I haven't gotten sick. I got the major virus back in 20, right? I got the COVID, whatever they call it, 19 or 20. But I haven't been sick since. So yeah. I think part of it is the sauna. I mean, the sauna just does wonders for your body. You mm-hmm. know, it, it just, I'd be in there for like an hour if I could. Yeah. You know, if I could stand an hour, I'd do it too. But 15 minutes is about all I could how do. How hot do you put 150. The, 150. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll cook you. And it'll drop down to 140 after 15 minutes. Really? Yeah. All right. And that's hot. And I'm, you know, I'm, I come out and stand and I make it, the, the <laughs> sweat's still pouring off me. There's yeah. a puddle. <laughs> so from right there, are you going right into a cold shower or yep. how are you doing? Go right into a shower. Okay. And part of the reason I like this sauna, and I found this out when I was a kid. So I used to ride my bike seven miles one way, which was a long way for a kid when you're 15, 16, yeah. to uh, the gym and come back. Well, they had a sauna there too, a steam sauna. And they had a hot rock sauna. I like the hot, the finished hot rock sauna best for me because you kind of control it a little bit, right? Yeah. Did you know that you can shave in those and you don't have to use any type of shaving cream or lotion at all because the sweat pouring out of you lubricates your skin and it is the closest shave I've ever gotten in my entire life. So I shave in the sauna. That's why my head's bald. I shave it all the way down. It's amazing. Huh. Yep. And the razors, I wouldn't say they last as long, but I can tell you, I never cut myself once. Wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. So, uh, for for shaving wise, I mean, first of all, I, I need to shave, but um, second, like I I didn't I didn't have anybody to teach me how, right? Mm-hmm. So I ended up just shaving with water. Yeah, it hurts. And uh, I've done that since I was a kid, and now like using shaving cream kind of bugs me mm-hmm. because it's just like I can't see what I'm doing. Right. So I just shave with, with water. Yeah. That's all I use at all. Yeah, just some hot water, yeah. get it on my face, shave, and then it's it's constant, right? Mm-hmm. You're constantly patting water versus shaving and it's and my face is just used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's just how I how I've done it for so long and it's it's a dry shave and a lot of people can do it. It's I mean, I wish I learned the other way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure my skin would, would appreciate it a little better. Yeah. My brother who is a marine, he drive shaves now all the time. Is that like he doesn't use the um, shaving cream because his body's used to it? Probably his skin's yeah. used to it, just like yours. Yeah. So does that mean he's still using water though, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Just to rinse the blade out though. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't put hot water on his face. Weird. I know. So he's like dry, dry shaving. Yeah. Interesting. Mm, which how they taught him to shave in the field when they were marines. So. That's funny. I used uh, one of the other reasons I don't use shaving cream. I I tried straight razor, mm. and. Uh, Wow, how was it? I was getting really good at it, well, right? But um, what ended up happening is you're supposed to use the cream. So I'm like following the thing, but I can't see very well. Mm-hmm. So let's, I put it all over my cheek, all that, all that and I, I like it's a long blade. Yeah, they are. And so I hit my cheek, and I'm like, okay, perfect. I didn't realize this thing is so fucking sharp, it just wipes hair off, <laughs> right? So I went all my mustache, my <laughs> goatee, just sliced it right off. And now I look like... 
half Hitler on one side, right? And then, like, I was like, damn it. So that was one of the times I had to completely shave. I mean, you can't, there's no saving that. There's no saving it. And it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. It was just because of the way I had my face. I don't know what happened. I just didn't see it, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I still don't use shaving cream, but I actually don't really shave that often anymore. I usually use, uh, I have like a, that manscaping thing. Mm-hmm. What is it called? The lawnmower? Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. So pretty funny. I just usually just kind of clean it up. Yeah. And then the only person who actually shaves me is uh, my hairdresser. Like yeah. every couple of weeks. I'm good for you. And so I just keep it trimmed and she, she really gets in there. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust it, very many people to cut my hair. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't have any hair left, so don't worry about it. Yeah. But one of the other things I do throw into the routine, which has helped... Um, is I will run, walk a half mile on my treadmill at two to four incline. Okay. And now that's big for me. I know it's you're, you're thinking, well, that's hardly anything. Well, you don't realize I could barely run at all like okay. a year ago. I mean, I if if I ran, it had to be because someone was chasing me yeah. because then everything locks up and my sacrum and the damage I caused to myself over my lifetime wouldn't let go and I'd be in just writhing in pain for days. Well, so I mean, I'm getting there, and it's wonderful just to be able to run, walk for a little bit. Yeah, that's, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. I would never. I bike too. People the stationary who, bike, it's, it works. The stationary bike, I like that thing too. I'll, I'll warm up on it sometimes, yeah. or I'll just walk. Um, mm-hmm. I would never judge anybody for how far or whatever. Like the thing is, a lot of people in the gym are just like some people. Not a lot at the gyms I go to, right? I go to like professional gyms, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Like, not 24, L.A. I don't do that kind of crap anymore. Um, but some people in those kind of gyms, the commercial gyms, will, um, like, be making fun of somebody. Yeah. Like, you don't know that person's journey. That's right. You know? I mean, I was in there. I remember I was in L.A. Fitness. Um, it was, like, a couple of weeks in L.A. I spent. So I got, like, a two-week free membership, right? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I can still work out. And uh, I go in there, and the first week I'm still kind of nursing an injury mm-hmm. so a big guy like me i was like squatting like one plate wow and that's the thing is like and like yeah. i mean you can look at me all day but by the end of but the two weeks injury, that's that's a lot right so i i still had to keep the mobility of it and keep mm-hmm. it moving and keep those muscles contracting and and doing all that stuff just to make sure that i was fine but i had a plan and i knew at the end of this whole thing I'd be able to go back to lifting again. So, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. So people don't know where I'm at, and it's none of their fucking business, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm squatting one plate one week, and I'm sure people are looking at me like, okay, you know, <laughs> what do you do that a thousand times? Right? My legs were pretty fucking huge. But then the next week, I'm back on schedule, mm-hmm. and I'm squatting like 500 for sets. Right. You know, when people are like gathering around. I saw a couple people recording me. Wow. Yeah. And I ended up bending, <coughs> bending that part a little bit because I got up to like 650. Wow. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. But of course, I'm like, I go through the whole thing. I, I'm wrapping my knees. I'm, I'm putting my belt on. I'm doing right. all this other shit. And that's also the shit that people are like, well, of course he can do it. Look at all the crap he's putting on. I'm like, here. <laughs> Here's all my shit. Go for it. You know? Like, but even wrapping your knees is kind of a. Yeah. It's its own uh, hardship to do. It's like hard to do. Mm-hmm. Really keep those things tight. But um, I've, I've never had to wrap knees, lip, but you know, I will tell you, part of the reason um, the running's a big deal for me and, and people who know me are like, wow, really? 
Yeah. You're doing that? Good for you. Is because I was <coughs> I was lifting, I was doing hack squats. It wasn't a lot of weight, probably three, three fifty. What are two plates on each side? Two plates on that's two twenty five. So two twenty five. Yeah. So I was doing two twenty five. It wasn't much. And I was just doing sets of ten. And I think on my second set of ten, I thought somebody had just kicked me in the back or threw a plate at me and hit me in the back. Because I heard two, I heard two pops. And then the pain ran, the electricity ran down the outside of my legs. And mm-hmm. so I had just messed up L3 and L5. Ouch. Yeah, they all popped out. And yeah. Yeah, that was a day, let me tell you. Man. Couldn't see straight. I was seeing stars. There was that, that much pain. So to be able to run half a mile or run walk is amazing. I am so blessed to be well, able to that's do that. good. Congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah. That, that probably took quite a bit of work to even get there. Two years. Yeah. Three almost, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, a lot of massage therapy. (laughs) I need to get back into that. Yeah. There's a few who can do it for you, too. And they do it right. That'd be great. I'd love some, uh, before you leave, let me know. Yeah. Because I I really need some massages. I mean, my legs are, I'm coaching two soccer teams right now. That's tightening up my legs hard. And then I do the kickboxing and lifting and all that other crap. So it's, uh. It's just a lot of stress right now on my legs, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not doing well with it. Yeah. I'm getting old. I'm getting crunchy, is what I call it. You crunchy? Know? Yeah, where you're like popping randomly while you're walking, you oh know? Oh my gosh. So I don't need any of that shit. You know, something else that's helped, you know, I, whoever's listening to this can believe this or don't believe this. It's up to you. <clears throat> but I use a Kangen water system, K-A-N-G-E-N, Kangen. which changes the pH in the water. Okay. And it goes through a filter, carbon filter, so it filters out the yuck. I didn't think, I had a friend of mine who said, you know, I did it for this, and it helped me with this. And then my, the person also has a, a his wife has a history of being schizophrenic. Okay. And his, her entire family is schizophrenic. They found that this water, because the pH adjustments, it does adjust your pH in your entire system, which schizophrenia has a problem with that, right? I don't have schizophrenia. I may be an asshole sometimes, but I don't have schizophrenia. <laughs> okay. And I, but I, use, I use this water system, and I just do the usual, you know, try to drink a gallon a day, whatever you're drinking, right? Except for beer. And uh, the hydration is giving my muscles, and recovery time is so fast. Hangovers, too. Really? Yep. I drink, uh, if I've had too much alcohol... Uh, the, the the water helps hydrate very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No commercial there, but I mean that seemed to help Kangen a lot. Kangen water. I'll yeah. write that down. Mm-hmm. How'd you spell that? K A N G E N. Pretty popular. It is a multi-level marketing group. I think they do that too. But I tell you, the people who've used it and have had positive effects, they're major positive effects. Yeah. I know another person. Uh, they had hemorrhoids, had had hemorrhoids for years. And you know, hemorrhoids are part of your um, lower, your, your pelvic floor giving way and not being strong enough and all that stuff. Also, it's muscle conditioning too. You know, yeah. it's not just because, right? And they started doing the water and within a week they were gone. Whoa. Plus, they were working out, you know, doing a, doing a routine, but the hydration in their muscles, was a, they were able to overcome that. And then the the hemorrhoids basically pull back, you know, just part of your, you know, it's part of your intestinal wall. 
that's what those are. I'm not going to get into that. No, no, that's fine. I, I have a friend who his wife has been dealing with that for fucking ever. Yep. Couple surgeries they're not taking. Like it's how it's getting real bad. Yeah, that is bad with surgeries. You got to go that route. Oh my gosh. I mean, his wife. I'm cringing been, right now just yeah, thinking about it. She's been oh. dealing with it for years. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is like. Uh, She's got three kids, you know. It's just it's just a rough process. I'm glad she's getting it taken care of. Yeah. I just got to call them and see how they're doing. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, you got it. But uh, let's get into the pro- the while we're here. Um, so Michael Standard, he's a yep. loan officer. Yep. Um, I want to get a little bit of background about like who you are, what you're about. Okay, uh, we'll put a couple minutes on that. We'll doesn't got to be too in-depth, yeah. Go wherever you feel comfortable. And then uh, you really want to talk about reverse mortgages. And yeah. I want to find out um, kind of the gist of, of what a reverse mortgage is, like how they work, mm-hmm. um, all that other stuff. And then uh, I was pretty happy to, when I asked you about some of the downsides. You said there are a few, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is uh, I wouldn't have t- probably believed you as much if you had tried to sell me on a, this is no downside to this, you know, yeah. like there's a downside to literally everything, yeah. you yes. know, there's, there's give and take. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's hit that. So mm-hmm. who are you? What are you about? So I'm Michael standard. I, um, live in Vancouver, Washington as well. And, uh, I'm expanding the, the business. So we are also in Dallas, Fort Worth and Houston. Uh, we, we have an affinity for Texas. Don't ask me why, but I always have. And there's a lot of business down there, too. You know, If you don't mind driving 50 minutes everywhere you go, it's a great, great place. Yeah. And so I, I have three great kids, and I'm married to Julie, the same. I've been married for almost 33 years. Uh, my background was I was a financial planner. I was really a financial planner in the bank channel and very successful at it, actually. I wasn't good at the politics, though. Um, partly, probably because I was raised by loggers a long time ago. Loggers, right? yeah. nice. So I know how to cuss and run a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So and swing an axe. Yeah, right? swing an axe. Yep, I can go. do all that stuff, and and you know, do a lot of stuff that you would be surprised um, at looking at me. But the, I can even run heavy equipment. Oh, nice. Run a bulldozer and all that fun stuff. Uh, but in the end, uh, I switched and went in for, out of become from a financial advisor to selling software in the industry to financial advisors to broker dealers and banks. So we would sell million dollar systems, and I'd fly all over the country, and it was fun. <clears throat> Part of it, though, here's something I want to bring this out: is uh, when I the first software company I went to after brokerage, what they sold software to broker dealers, but my the guy, I'll call him my sales assistant, which is kind of what he was, the business analyst, and he helped me with all the clients. His name is Jason. And um, he actually runs a company I work for and owns wow. a company I work for, yeah. So he went off into mortgages. He's about your age. And uh, I stayed in the brokerage industry. And he called me one day and said, hey, you know, I want you to come and test this out. I said, test what out? I said, you know, I'm wholesale. I said, well, what does that mean? He said, well, there's no managers taking a bunch of overrides, so it's better for the client, less cost. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, where you're at, I won't say the name. I was in a retail environment. The internal cost is about 4%. Right, this is lending. Yeah, lending. Yeah, this yeah, is mortgage. Yeah. On a mortgage, is about 4% on retail. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> if you go wholesale, there's only about 2% fees. Okay. 
That's a big that difference. Nice. Half, right? Yeah. So if you're buying a five hundred thousand dollar home, you're talking twenty thousand retail, ten thousand wholesale. So your costs are a lot lower when you work with wholesalers. And of course, everybody's got their favorite mortgage broker. I get it. I'm not going to try to sway everybody to come to wholesale. Um, but we do we do give a lot of advantages to our clients, and also interest rates are lower because yeah. we don't have to mark it up. So I papered a deal, and we just ran it through an example, and the client was needing in retail to come up with seventy two thousand dollars to knock out their existing mortgage because they had to retire. They're being forced out. We looked at the wholesale numbers; they only had to come up with fifty eight thousand dollars. So. I switched my license the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can help more people. Because if you can get them a better deal, you can help more people. Before. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of my background. That's why I went into it. And I, I love the, it's not a reverse mortgage anymore. It's called a home equity conversion mortgage or HECM. Okay. Okay. HECM. H E C M. And that's one of the things I tell my clients is that, you know, you're talking about the old product. That's not what we're talking about today. In 2017, when Trump got in office, he did a couple crazy things. One of them was he put people who were not politicians in places of authority. Ben Carson, okay, he used to be a neurosurgeon, neonatal neurosurgeon, famous, writes books all over the place, right? And uh, he has some Think Big books and some great books. But he, he was put in charge of HUD, H-U-D, HUD, Housing and Urban Development. He was a head of, of mortgages, basically, right? And he said, we need to change this reverse mortgage because we need seniors not to go on Medicaid. Okay, Medicaid is nursing care. Right. Right. It's for out of pocket, right? It's not, and people will confuse it with Medicare. Medicare is for your medications and your doctor and your nurses. Medicaid is to pay for the nursing care facility. Okay. That's what that's for. So Ben Carson said, we need to change this loan so seniors can age in place in home care. Use their equity out of their home instead of using the government, okay? And they made a whole bunch of changes. One was it's a forced insurance on it, mandatory insurance. The insurance covers the loan in case the house is upside down or the loan's higher than the house can be sold for, right? So a $300,000 loan, you can only sell the house for $200,000. Federal government forced insurance on that. So now they eat the loss with that insurance. That's how that works, okay? okay? Kids try to sell the house, same issue, no problem, the insurance is on there. So they made it safe because in California in 2008 with a million dollar homes becoming $300,000 homes and their loan balance is really high, people are filing for bankruptcies, right? going to foreclosure. Right. So with this product, they don't have to. The other thing is uh, you can't take all your money out and you can't take it all at once. It's based on your age. So at 62, when you could start to do a regular home equity conversion mortgage, all the way to 150, okay? Nobody's that old anymore, I think. Um, right. That's the people who look at, though. Yeah, there's <laughs> a few. So with that product, then basically now they're saying you can only take a percentage of your equity out based on age. So at age 62, you can get about 40% of your equity. At 95, about 75% of your equity. Okay? Interesting. So they let you take out more equity the closer you are to the grave because they don't want it to go upside down. Right. Right. The interest rates are about a half percent to one percent lower, okay, and they adjust every year. That's one of the products. But the other change that they made was now you keep title to your home. No bank owns it. It's an FHA lien now on the house. 
Kids have 12 months to sell it when you pass away, or you can sell it at any time, and you just have to pay off the lien, right? But you don't have to make mortgage payments. Yeah, you heard me right. You don't have to make mortgage payments. This is a government loan where they're allowing seniors not to make payments unless they want to. But now they're letting them make payments if they want to. That's the other change. So, okay. so you've got a product where at 62, if you have more than 50% equity in your home, okay, and you want to retire or claim you want to retire, you can actually do the new home equity conversion mortgage. The government will pay off your loan. Okay? You'll have the same loan balance, but you don't have to make the mortgage payments. Unless you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless you feel like it. And any money you take out, or any money... Also, there's a line of credit feature where if you have extra equity, let's say my house is paid off. Let's say it's a $100,000 house. We'll make it easy. And I'm age 70, so I get $50,000 of my equity. I can leave that equity in the line of credit and not even spend it. Okay. And the line of credit earns interest like a money market account. And you can take it out tax-free. Wow. Yeah. That is a good long-term care plan. A lot of financial advisors use that for long-term care because their clients can't qualify for it because they're too sick or it's too expensive or out of their budget. So that is why this product, Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, has changed so much. And did you realize you can purchase with these two? As a real estate agent, I know we've talked about this in the past. Yeah. yeah. Do you work with any downsizers? Yeah. yeah so tell me about their situations and I'll kind of give you a scenario. Um, so I have one client that um, is coming down from a 3,000 square foot house. They've, they've had it built out in Camas and uh, they've had, I believe it's three kids, maybe it was four. But like the youngest is just finishing up college and getting married. Yeah. They don't need a 3,000 square foot house. Right. Three levels. It's actually two levels of the daylight basement. So three levels, you know, and uh, they're just not, they don't want to anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking for around like 1,500, 1,600 square feet. Yeah. Really going downsize, right. you right. know. So uh, I think I believe they own their house completely outright, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they're definitely in their 60s, if not in seventy. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the scenario. Let's just say that. What do you think the house will sell for? Oh man, um, I want to say nine, if okay. not a mill. So let's just use a million dollars. It's a million. Easy for me to calculate. There we go. And um, they're going to move into probably a four hundred. If it's going to be really swanky, five hundred thousand dollar yeah. smaller home, right? They're fine with up to seven hundred. Right, and builders love this because builders love this loan for seniors because seniors in can get all those little niceties that they were never able to afford with kids. Right. Like they can get the better countertops, a better floor, and a better wall covering. So they like that. Um, so in that situation, that client, now interest rates have changed a lot, so I can't just use a 50% ratio, I'll say 60%. So a $500,000 home, uh, 60% of that is, let's just say it's 300000 They can come up with $300,000, which is not right, let me get the correct figure here. I've got the little pocket calculator. Times. So they have to come up with $252,000 approximately. I'm just thinking this in my head. $500,000 home, two hundred fifty-two. So a little over half, right? Down. That's it. So if you sold their house for a million bucks, they have, after fees... 
uh, rough number, they're going to have $600,000, about $600,000 in the bank. Yeah. Left for retirement. Instead of cashing out my house, owning it outright, you know, that's air quotes. I'm doing air quotes, guys. So those people couldn't take advantage of that if that fits their financial plan. So an example of another downsizer, um, good friend of ours sold their home and the couple had a new home built in Ridgefield. And they talked to me because their, their real estate agent suggested they talk to me. They have medical issues. One of them has Alzheimer's, okay? Ouch. So they needed to be able to take care of the person who has Alzheimer's in a single level home and have the money to do it. Because you know, when you get older, you, you just don't have the energy. And so they were able to sell their house for about 600,000, <clears> bought a $440,000 home for 220 down, okay? And now have all that money in the bank for their care. And they have the house they want. You know, it looks like I call them Instagram houses. Oh, yeah. You know, really fancy on the end. It looks great like nobody lives in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it fit their financial plan really well because they needed the asset in hand and not pay off a home and then take out a HELOC, home equity line of credit against it, right? And have bills to pay. They couldn't afford more bills because they knew it's going to get expensive. Yeah. And so that happens a lot. You know, and I see downsizers who use this loan too, where one of them passes away and they can't continue to live in the big house, right? Yeah. Two story home or take care of the yard. And these people, sometimes they wait till they're, they're in their 70s. And they don't, well, who knows when your spouse is going to pass away or whatever. But a lot of them, you know, one of my clients did the same thing. She went and bought a condo from a really nice, you know, about almost 2,700 square foot house with a big yard. I mean, great for kids. And that's what they had it for. And now she downsized and she was able to purchase and keep some money in the bank. Because also, remember, your mom and dad, one of them is earning Social Security. Sometimes one of them earns more than the other. And when the the one who earns the most, let's call say dad earns $2,500 in Social Security a month. When he passes away, mom gets a step up, but she doesn't get all of his Social Security. So if she was earning, you know, $1,500, she's going to get a bump up. There's a calculation. So like two grand or something? Yeah, but now she's, you know has less income and if they had fixed expenses right internet tv mortgage payment all that crazy stuff right those don't go down her food budget goes down because there's only one person right right but her fixed expenses don't go down so it's a really good planning tool for these people and when i talk to these seniors i send them to the government website and i'm going to repeat it twice hud.gov h-u-d.gov h-u-d.gov and search the word HECM, H-E-C-M, H-E-C-M. It'll give you all the facts. You don't have to talk to me about it. But they do, they read it, they come back with one statement. Usually the first statement they say, it sounds too good to be true. Yep. <laughs> I said, well, this is probably the only loan where they're trying to help you. Stay off of Medicaid, because Medicaid costs the government more. $690 billion, that's with a B, in Medicaid debt today. And that's just federal. That's not state. So there, that's about one and a half yes. million homes that are going to be sold this year by the government for the government to pay the Medicaid bills off. Because <clears throat> something that everybody who's listening to this, especially if you have parents, you may know it, but they may know it, but this is something to really pay close attention to. 
if you do not have long-term care insurance, and if you do not have $200,000 or more in assets that you can spend, okay, brokerage, stocks, bonds, whatever, savings accounts, when you try to leave the, the hospital with a broken hip and you have to go somewhere, like the nursing care facility, you have to prove you have long-term care at $200,000. If you can't prove it, you can't show it, then they make you sign away your house. It's called Medicaid attachment. Medicaid then attaches your home. So to pay for your nursing care. Wow. Yeah. And that's how it works. Since 2008, since Obamacare was instituted, that's now what happens. So your parents will usually lose their home to Medicaid. You will get no equity. And the state statement I get from seniors is, oh, I want my kids to inherit my home. I want them to leave them something. I want to leave them some money. Well, you're not going to be able to do that with Medicaid. You can't do that with Medicaid. So 70% of seniors go to a nursing care facility. It's proven. Okay. 25% of them can pay for it. 25%? Have enough money and assets to pay for it. The rest of them don't. So they all just lose their childhood Forty-five. All the homes go right to the government. And as a realtor, the thing you need to realize is every client of yours can potentially be five to seven referrals because they have five to seven people in their sphere they want you to help. You right. can potentially help. Well, when that house goes away and mom goes away to the nursing care and Medicaid takes the house, the kids aren't going to inherit anything, so there's no more business for you. So if the home equity conversion mortgage is in place... Okay. Medicaid can still be attached to the home, but the kids get the home first. The kids sell the home and keep the equity if they want to. The kids, the Medicaid bill is not their bill. So it's sometimes advantageous. All of my lawyer friends say the best thing a senior can do is get a home equity conversion mortgage because it's the easiest part of planning. Then the trust, then the irrevocable trust, and all the other things that protect your assets from liens and from people suing you. Essentially, yeah. So this product is really beneficial there. It really helps. And you know, let's talk about who these are right for. Yeah. So like, what happens if uh, if the spouse is younger? So if the spouse isn't sixty-two, that's a really good question because uh, there's a lot of that now. And uh, I got a guy across the street from me who's eighty-two, I think, mm -hmm. and I think his this is will be his third Vietnamese nurse. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's in her 40s. She lives in the house. <laughs> and uh, what a terrible way to die, though, right? And uh, he, yeah, that happens all the time. So I just did a deal not too long ago where he's 64 and she's, she was 54. And they did their new home equity conversion mortgage to knock out the mortgage so they could take that extra money in their budget and put it in their Roth IRA. So okay. they're starting to build up their Roth. They quit putting money into their 401k. They put it into a 401k Roth, 401k at work. So now they're working on tax-free income. Knock out their mortgage. Now she's 10 years younger than him, right? She doesn't qualify. But she's listed as a non-borrowing spouse, okay? So she can live in the home, or she can live out of the home even, okay? But when he passes away, if she is still in the home, and she's not 62, she can live in it until she reaches 62. She just needs to refinance it and get her name on the loan at 62, okay? So she can live in there as long as she wants till she passes away too. And then whatever debts accumul accumulated on the loan, remember they leave about 50% of their equity in the home or based on your age, right? So when she passes away in her 80s probably, 
the uh, stepson will inherit it, and he'll sell it. There'll be there'll be equity in it. He'll keep the equity. So that works. I've even done it with uh, children who are living in the home. Mom's ninety two. Son is 71. Son is kind of handicapped. He has some issues. Um, and so do we've done the loan. He can now live in the home until he passes away too. And he's just a son. You right. can do it with roommates. I did it with a client, a couple who they're not married. They've been living together for eight years and the person's facing a medical issue. And so they have MS and they wanted to be able to knock out the mortgage, not have to worry about the mortgage for either one of them, if something happened to either one of them, and then she wants the house passed to her children. She wasn't on the loan originally, but she put money into the house, okay? Right. So that's her equity, and she wants that equity to go to the kids. Her financial advisor suggested for Medicaid planning to do the home equity conversion mortgage, and it's great for them, they are so happy. No, you know, they have $1,000 back in their budget because all they have to pay is their property taxes and homeowner's insurance. But it works for people who aren't married, too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, um, who, who can... So, okay, real quick. So, if the person's older and the other person's younger, right? Mm -hmm. So, that person who's older dies, do they have to refinance immediately? Or can they live out... And still work on that program that you have already on the home. They can, exactly. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. I was a little confused on that part. At 62, it's best if they get on the loan because by that time, there's probably a lot of equity built up again. The house is probably appreciated in value. Then they can bump more money into their line of credit if they refinance it and put okay. it in their name. That's smart. Okay. Then they can control it too. See, the one thing the non-borrowing spouse cannot do is they cannot sell the home. They can't sell the home. Because they're not on the loan contract. Well, then who can sell the home then? Well, the guy who owned it, he was on the contract because he was over 62. He could have sold the home. Okay, but say he died now. Well, she, that's why she needs to get on the loan at 62. That's why she refinance. So she can refinance it so she can, can sell it if she wants to. Okay. okay. So it's it's a little complicated. But the reason why they've done that, and they did this that a long time ago, was to be able to keep people in the home who need to be there, right? So, you know, you have your son who's 65 and you're 85, right? Well, your son has no place to go and he's taking care of you. So they want them to be able to stay there too. And non-barring spouses, which sometimes means dad's in the care home, nursing care, and mom's still at home. He's a non-barring spouse, non-resident, because he's not in the house. He's in the care home. But they're still both on title sometimes. So yeah. I'll get into that. There's some wicked details around elder law. But I'm not going to do that. It takes elder too much time. law. Yeah, it's when you um, hit the skids and you don't have long-term care and a lot of other things taken care of and somebody has to go to a care home. That's really what it comes down to. That's that whole 70% need to go, 25% can afford it. Yeah. Wow. Um Okay, well, so you're getting a lot of <clears throat> um, business from financial advisors then. Yeah, and insurance agents. Insurance. Some with lawyers, I mean, a lot with lawyers too, some. But their, their cases, um, it's just, every case is different with a lawyer. Just like every financial planner is different. I just got, going to go see somebody, um, his mom, financial planner, referred uh, me to a gentleman who's he's helping his mom. And she's running out of money. She's 93. 
Imagine that. Yeah, you're going to run out of some money, right? So we're going to be able to knock off the knock out the HELOC that they put on the house. Come back to the line of credit. Get rid of that because that's costing them money, right? Because you have to make payments. And then just use the home equity conversion mortgage, the new reverse mortgage, to have a line of credit. And they'll just pull money out as they need it. He said, well, you know, there's a couple of bills we can't cover right now. There's about $500. We'll just pull that out as we need it. I said, perfect. That way your debt doesn't go up. Because anytime you pull out of the line of credit, it becomes part of the loan. Okay. So if you don't do it, then you have less of the loan. And that means more equity to the kids. That's sometimes good, right? Yeah. So is credit and all that other stuff still involved in all this? Yes. Good question. Credit is involved. Uh, Here's how it works. I think the newest rules are if you have more than two 30-day, two 90-day, or two 120 in the last two years, then they're going to ask why. Because the federal government doesn't want to give away money. Of course. And this is a loan where you actually get, they're giving you free money. You don't have to pay it back until you sell the house. So no payments, and sign me up, baby. Right, right. <laughs> so if they have damaged credit or if they haven't paid the property taxes, okay, and there wasn't a good reason why, uh, the government will say, we can't do this loan unless you have a chunk of change you can set aside for the escrow. We'll escrow all the future projected property taxes and homeowners insurance. It's called a LESA, L-E-S, Life set aside okay so they set aside what they assume is their lifespan give you just an example uh i had a client she lived way up in carlton and she wanted to move to her family and friends in salem and she hadn't paid her property taxes for two years in a row because she said the mailbox got damaged right somebody broke into the mailbox and i said that's strange yeah, I said, did you, did you file a police report, I asked her? She says, no. I said, well, how did you manage this? Well, you know, then eventually I just realized I needed to pay my taxes. I said, didn't you realize your taxes are due every November? She says, oh, yeah. I said, why didn't you pay them? Because I hate the government. Because <laughs> I hate the government. Is that not a good reason? Like, I mean, I feel like that could be a good I reason. I think it's a great reason. <laughs> right, there you go. But it doesn't pencil. So right. out of her home sale, they set aside twenty. $6,000 for future property taxes and homeowners insurance. If she passes away, it goes to the equity side. If she doesn't use it or if she refinances after two years proving she's paid her taxes on time, then that's her money goes back to her line of credit. So there are some issues, uh, and they have been denying people who, who have don't have good reasons for having really bad credit. Yeah, and I've had clients, I've had loans fall out because... When they now require that extra set aside, sometimes it blows up the loan because now there's not enough equity to knock out the mortgage. Right. So, because they have to use it for um, taxes and insurance. Uh, that is interesting. Most people will qualify. And the reason why is because you just have to prove you have fixed income, some income on a regular basis that doesn't force you to have eat dog chow or cat food. I mean, you have to have, you have to be able to. Pay your bills. Okay. Right. If not, then you should be going on to a different program. Right. Right. So, so this has been a program where it's worked out very well for a lot of clients. I'm working with a lady right now down south in Texas. She has three years of back property taxes, and Texas is pretty generous. They don't force people out. County doesn't foreclose on them right away. Up here, two years, you're out. 
right? They're going to foreclose on you. Um, so we're going to be able to knock out her back taxes because it shouldn't be a problem and have she has enough equity to set aside for future taxes so she doesn't have to worry about that. And she'll have a little bit of money too because she wants to help her grandkids finish college. That's where all her money went to. She's helping them with tuition. Nice. Yeah, very generous person. Yeah. But she you know, doesn't want to lose her house. And they eventually will take it. So the county will take it for back property taxes. Well, um, can you use this program and say, now this is just money mindset kind of stuff. Like, yeah. can you use that line of credit or whatever like that to purchase another home? You can do whatever you want with the money. Really? So there's no regulations on that? Nope. It is your money. Um, and, you know, I've had clients who take out a little. I've had clients who take out a lot. I have clients who have went and invested it. You know, it's their money. They can do whatever they want with it. I, I can't control that, and that's not my job to control it. So I do know people who've had the line of credit, and they've used it for purchasing another home where they want to, you know, nice place. A lot of people go down south, right? Yeah. So snowbirds. Yeah, snowbirds. So they'll do something. <laughs> One cute couple. They wanted to add on to their trailer that's down in Yuma, Arizona, right? They wanted to add on a bigger sunroom. Like sunroom? Are you kidding me? More sun? Yeah. <laughs> but they did, you know, and that was a really, really good deal for them. I had another client. You like this? Uh, they were in Yakima, Washington. They wanted, always wanted to go there from Beaverton to Yakima. So they sold their house in Beaverton, had enough cash to purchase in, um, in uh, Yakima, and then built up the line of credit and went and added on to, you know, went and bought a, someplace else that they wanted to go to. I don't know where, California, maybe it's Palm Springs, a Palm Desert. So then they pulled that money back out, you know, using their line of credit on their reverse mortgage, home equity conversion mortgage. And bought another house. Man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Palm Strings is hot. Yeah. I've been there, done that. Yeah. Not my favorite. I've been there one time, middle of summer, and uh, we had to run from the car to inside. <laughs> like, it was so... I've never been hit with heat like that in my life. It's something, isn't it? It was crazy. Yeah. Like, that's, not, that's an ungodly amount of heat. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. So let me, let me throw something else out. You know, this is an FHA government loan, right? Yeah. And so you do have to qualify. The house has to qualify with FHA standards. So it cannot be a trailer in a trailer park. Okay. It can be up to a fourplex. Okay. So imagine mm -hmm. that. You decide for your retirement plan, you're going to sell your big home, buy a fourplex, the place you want to live. You only have to be in the house six months out of the year to call it your primary residence, but that's where your taxes need to be paid, your primary residence. So you could rent out the other three sides. You don't have a mortgage payment. I could have live in a fourplex, live in one unit, rent out the other three. It's cash flow to me. Yeah, pretty cool. That's smart. That's yeah. really smart. Yeah, pretty cool deal. Yeah. And you know, I run into a lot of a lot of folks, and I just had a conference call with their with their um, children. Their children are probably my age, and they're in their seventies. And the kids ask questions like, "Oh, I've heard it's terrible loan." I said. Did you review the Heckam website first, you know, the HUD website and search Heckam? Yeah, I did. But, you know, the, there's still a lot of bad news. I said, yeah, I know, but what do you think about the loan? It looks perfect. You know, there's nothing wrong. It seems to fit my mom and dad's situation where one of them passes away, 
they don't have to move in with us. Right. Because right. yes, they, they can still stay there. Because now the mortgage is knocked out, and mom will be able to stay there on her income. Because remember, when one of the spouses dies, if they're all the receiving Social Security, that's going to go down or up. You can't, you know, they, they know if they've done some planning. But usually one income is not a good way to go. Plus, everything's paid off. So for them, it was a boon, and they're really excited because now we've got the opportunity. And it is something that I always say to my clients, and I'll say to you, you need to think about this. Is this part of your financial plan? Will this help you live a better life in, in retirement with more cash flow? And if it won't, don't think about it. But think about this. If you could increase your monthly income, by using your equity, put it in, a, let's say, an annuity, or you decide you're going to put it in a bond, or whatever you choose, okay? Or you don't invest it, you just pull it out as you need it. That's increasing your cash flow. And you're using your at home that you're not going to take with you to the grave, right? Right. And now it's sheltering it from Medicaid, right? Yeah. yeah That's a big deal. Medicaid sounds like a shitty product at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are facing cancer right now. A lot of people are facing cancer and strokes and heart attacks, and it's very expensive. And one of the things that I find, there's a hole in this product, okay? And the hole is this. It doesn't work for everybody. Of course, it's obvious, right? Of course. Uh, But two is that if you do this loan and pass away right away, like within a year, you've refinanced it. You've added 2 to 3% cost to your home the loan so that's a negative okay so we're talking about the negatives now yeah the negative in that is if i refinance my house with bank of america regular forward mortgage that make payments they add money to my loan costs right because they load all that in there so let's say they jack it up another ten thousand dollars i have to pay on that well if you do the home equity conversion mortgage and pass away there's debt now that's increased on your home or on your other loan if you had a loan we knocked out yeah. The regular mortgage loan that you're making payments on, we knock it out while we're adding fees internally. Okay, That's, okay. you know, that's not a lot of fun. It's an FHA loan. <clears throat> the other kind of caveat that's difficult is it's an FHA appraisal as well. Those are very stringent, as you're well aware. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Those, uh, those are definitely, uh, those are pass or fails right there, yep. you know. And, uh, and there's a few things in there that have to be. Like what? Uh, like uh, water heater strapped down, um, carbon monoxide, right? Uh, smoke detectors. Uh, it's, it has to be livable. Yeah. Immediately, like there is no. Oh well, we we can fix that to make it that way. No, it has to be livable right now. Right. And that means your flooring, mm-hmm. your siding, your roof, your plumbing, your electrical has to be in working good condition yep. now. No hazards, right? No, no hazards. hazards no. Yeah. No, no hazards. And that's important. They do make some exceptions with the home equity conversion mortgage. They will mm-hmm. sometimes finance, if there's enough equity in the home, finance the repairs down the road. Okay. We get a lot of call-outs for paint, peeling paint, right? Yeah. VA loans and FHA loans is a big deal because of weathering the, the home, especially here, right? So sometimes they'll let us paint later in the year, not in December, they'll wait till summer. Okay. Oftentimes you have a roof repair, same thing, or you let's say the flooring's bad and there's a trip hazard. They'll make you repair the trip hazard or you have to prove you've got the contract in hand from the contractor, excuse me, get the bill in hand, they need to see the bill and that you can go to work after the loan closes and they'll fund it. 
Okay. Sometimes that works, but FHA, it's difficult and it's costly. The FHA appraisals are, you know, seven hundred to a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, each one. Yeah. I've had to do multiple in one. Yeah, and sometimes we can load it into the loan, yeah. so there's no cost. But that's the other downfall. If if the house doesn't appraise for the right amount, because it's an FHA appraisal, it's really strict. It blows up the loan. So don't die right away, and be aware that the F, it's an FHA appraisal process, and those are difficult and challenging. Okay. And how much uh, with this project are you running into? Uh, parents are all in, super excited. Kids are like, hell no. Well, there's always greedy people in this world, and sometimes we do run across those kids. Right. And so that w- that's, that's what that that's would be. That's probably about 2 or 3%. And, well, there was there's one that wasn't a greedy child. The, this person, this was a very interesting process. Oh, by the way, uh, before we close out here, they have to take counseling to qualify for this loan. They have to prove to an FHA counselor over the phone, it's a counseling session, dialogue, that they understand the loan, how it works, that they have to pay property taxes, homeowner's insurance, and that they're, they're mentally and physically, that they're okay, right? Yeah, that you're not taking advantage of them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love that part. Well, yeah, I, I sold security systems, and we had to do a call at the end. Yeah. You understand you're getting into a contract. You understand it'll be this much. Right. Like, like we had to end up doing that. That was, but that was like two years in too mm-hmm. when they started doing those. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's good for those people, right. you know. And if you're if you're concerned about that call, maybe you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's how that's how I worked uh, when I was doing all that crap. But easiest way I I like to say is you can't be sold this long. You have to qualify for it. Right. That's good. Yeah, it is great. So I've had a client um, where the child, this is a, one interesting one where it wasn't greed. A lot of them, it's, oh, no, Mom, we're going to help you. Don't worry about doing the loan. Mom, we're going to help you. And they don't help her. I was in right. a client's house where she had a, a, uh, had a regular AC unit in the home, right? HVAC. The house was cool. It had broken. And during this summer when it was so darn hot, right? And she had a unit in the window. And I was going out to see her, and I, I noticed that. I said, <clears throat> wow, what happened to your AC? Oh, it's broken. I don't have the money to fix it. And I said, well, you're a smart person. And I said, your kids told you they would help you, right? They didn't want you to do this loan. That, but you called me up because you have some more questions. And um, so they said they're going to help you, so make them help you. Make them pay for that because you don't have the money for it. They Why should you be. have a window unit and only be able to sleep in one room? You know, you're in your 80s. Your kids are, you know, they're semi-retired. They should be able to help you. Oh, well, oh, well. So I've run into that a lot where the kids are just greedy. I'm sorry. Or they're ignorant. They don't want to take the time to learn how this loan works for seniors. Okay, that happens. Right. But I did have one client who uh, she actually wanted her parents to go into the care home. Okay. Because they didn't want them to do the loan and stay in the home. The home was okay. It wasn't great. They were a little bit of hoarders. And she just wanted them out of the house into yeah. a better place. Sometimes that's better. Yeah, and it was better for them. I think the insurance agent wasn't real happy about it because they had long-term care. And they had defaulted on it. They didn't, hadn't made their last three months payments. So, oh, it was tough. So they were going to have to go into a Medicaid facility because they basically canceled their regular long-term care. So yeah, yes. But the daughter was just happy that they were getting out of the house. So that was a, that was a strange one. Interesting. Understandable though, right? 
I guess, yeah. Under the right circumstances, I think mm-hmm. any situation could be understandable. Yeah. Whether it's still the right move or not, that's yeah. So again, another question. Yeah. So I will say, so those are the two, again the two negatives, and sometimes we run into kids who are just selfish, and that's okay. I mean, that's life, right? But I wanted I wanted to explain to your listeners if you have parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles who are over 62, send them to the website or educate yourself on the website, the HUD website, because you realize that, again, 70% of everybody hurts themselves and goes to, eventually, to a nursing care facility. They don't get to die at home. Rarely do they. If they get lucky. And the nursing care facilities, we're getting more and more of them. Why? Because there's more and more people who can't afford uh, in-home care. So this tool, the Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, was based on the theory of age and place. Stay at home. Have a caregiver come in a couple hours a day. Take care of the things you can't take care of, right? That is something everybody needs to think about. Their parents or aunts and uncles who are that age need to know about this. And you'll get the knee-jerk reaction. Oh, the reverse mortgage is a piece of crap. They're terrible. It's not a reverse mortgage anymore. It's called a home equity conversion mortgage. Completely different product. People need to know. You need to share this information with those folks. Challenge them. Challenge them. They'll say it's a terrible loan. Well, how, why is it terrible? Yeah, explain it to me. Yeah. 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 Why do you think it's terrible? Well, did you hear Aunt Bob, uh, Aunt, Aunt Susan's uncle, you know, for three generations back, lost his home to Bank of America. They locked the doors and kicked him out. Yeah, that was the old loan. It's not the new loan. That's how it used to happen. The bank would sell it because the bank owned it. Now, FHA will have HUD will sell it, okay, if the kids don't take the property. But the kids have 12 months to sell it now. Long time. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. And it helps them. We want the equity to go to the kids if it doesn't, you know, if they don't use it for care. Well, and that's the thing. That's where, where you can tell you're looking out for the people because you know the parents want that too. Yeah. You know, and, and they're probably upset. I mean, how many years did they work for that home and work yeah. on that home and... Maybe even those kids grew up in that home, and then you're just going to take it? Like, that's... Yeah, I've been in the same house since 2007, and, uh, you know, remodeled almost all of it myself, with help from my wife, of course. And she did some of the she did some of the, the fun stuff, like demo. Yeah. <laughs> but she's a great tiler. She's tiled everything. She's a wonderful tiler. But I can't imagine, from 2007 to 2022 today, I can't imagine selling that house yeah. or leaving it. So many good memories. It's got all the parking I need. It's got all the storage finally I need. You know, and I got to move. Yeah, I'm having a hard time too. I mean, I've had mine since 2008. And uh, it is a lot of work. Like, I, all the time in the kitchen, all the time in the entire house, I put in the hardwood floors hand by hand. Like piece by <laughs> piece, piece. Piece by piece, stick by stick. Huh? Yeah, man, that shit sucked. Uh-huh. But uh, it looks amazing. It's still holding up. I mean, okay. yeah, I need to sand it and redo it. Sure. sure. But like, you have pets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, me too. A $4,000 floor destroyed by a 200-pound dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like, uh, it's just so many memories. I mean, my kid, my kid was born and brought into that house yeah. you know my oldest he's, he's in high school now right and so like it's just it's just crazy mm-hmm. you know like to think about that what if i just keep that house that's that was the thing too so we've moved out a couple times like moved uh it's like university place over by like tacoma and, mm-hmm. and a few spots and we just rented out and 
and it's fine. But like, um, I don't know. I just I could. I've tried to sell it a few times, but I could never put it on the market. Yeah, I've even had like pictures taken. I've had uh, the full home cleaning. It was like eight hundred bucks to have them come through and clean my whole house, <laughs> and then I decided against it, and it was just it was it was pretty crazy. But I get it, you know. And that's the thing too. You want to like, what if my kids had the chance to live there? Mm-hmm. I retire, let them live there. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, that's a big deal for me. It is a big deal. And there was a study that they did. They asked the children, "Would you want to inherit your parents' home and live in it?" Ninety-five percent of them said they would not. They would sell it and take the equity. They don't want to live in the old house. Oh, yeah. So, so I guess there's all those old memories, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So growing I, I up sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Growing Being an adult is pretty interesting, though. In that whole process, I get it. So we're here to help these people with the home equity conversion mortgage. Help them understand how to use it correctly and how to qualify. And really, it's just a financial planning tool. And the bottom line is, if it can make your cash flow in retirement better, why not? Well, and, and it always it always blows my mind to where um, anyone calls me, wants to do an interview with me, or, or like a recruiting, or, or even just business proposition, right? Mm-hmm. I always listen. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? That's insane, mm-hmm. right? Like, so if anybody's out there listening and they're even thinking about this, look into it. Yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen where you're going to find out it's not a good fit for you? Yeah, get the education. Right. At least now you know what to do. Maybe later in life it will be. Right. So, I mean, getting that information is fantastic. Info, knowledge is power, right? It always has been. And you realize in the state of Washington, you know, they instituted that new long-term care tax, that half half a percent tax, not even full percent, half percent tax on your income every year to pay for long-term care. It's not enough. Okay. Yeah. But that really uh, uh, snowballed the whole insurance industry in Washington to see if they can get people qualified for long-term care. So most of them were selling life insurance policies with long-term care writers on them. Okay. And I had a bunch of my buddies give me quotes. I went to three of them, and um, it was the average was six hundred and fifty dollars a month uh, for long-term care. For long-term care, it's just expensive. Yeah. No kidding. So I went with the, I asked them to, hey, well, give me a life insurance with a with long-term care rider on it. That's still 600 bucks. Oh, man. So, because, you know, you need enough long-term care to make it work two, three years, right? right? So the new home equity conversion mortgage is 62 with enough equity. There's two, $300,000 of in a line of credit that I can use for long-term care. So think about that. Okay. Yeah. When you hit that age, if you don't have haven't built up your portfolio and don't have long-term care, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a way to use your equity. And it's tax-free. Take the money out tax-free. I like tax-free. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's kind of wrap this up here. Um, the few things I did tell you we do because it's more fun when I don't. Um, we do, like, do you have a dad joke? <laughs> no. No, no dad jokes. Okay. I don't have one pre- prepped either. Um, and we usually do um, a shout-out. Right, just kind of somebody that you you feel like maybe deserves to be shouted out and, and just told that you know you appreciate them. You have any of that? Yep, I've got one. Um, uh, Greg and Beth, shout out to you. Their their son's in a coma, oh. and uh, he's they're gonna pull the plug and harvest the organs. So shout out to those guys. 
Okay, well, you know, taking a terrible situation and at least turning yep. some good out of it. Yep. You know, that's, Pretty sad. Yeah, that's hard. Um, yeah, that is really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, shaking your boots. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty deep there. Um, I wanted to just shout out... Um, I'm going to shout out my coach, uh, Ramona Lockin. You know, I mean, she's been really doing a lot for me lately and, and kind of just pushing me to do more than I than I've been doing and uh, kind of pulling me through this this bit of a, a rough patch in my mm-hmm. life so uh, I just wanted to do that cool so uh, again this is a psychotic strength podcast this is the 18th of September and it's Tyler Toby Townsend and Michael standard thank you bye now